Hello everyone, welcome back to Midwest Madness. This is Emily. And I'm Danielle. It's your True Crime Cult Conspiracy Encrypted podcast. I don't know if I'm very loud. I don't I can't hear myself. You're not loud at all. Is this that okay, there we go. Now I can hear myself. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> um, so it is my turn to tell the story. Um and I'm doing one that is in Wisconsin, and it's actually a place you've been. Um, the Dells? No, uh, I'm pretty sure Haley went to school here. Madison? Yep. So um, this story is the uh, bombing of Sterling Hall. Mm, I've never heard of it. Okay, so Sterling Hall is one of the buildings on um, the University of Wisconsin-Madison campus. And, um, sorry, Sirius is being a menace. Um, at 342 AM on August 24th, 1970, an explosion ripped through the silence of the night. Um, the New Year's gang, a group of four young men, brothers Carl and Dwight Armstrong, David Fine and Leo Burt, in protest against the Vietnam War, decided to bomb the Army Mathematics Research Center, and that was located in Sterling Hall. So um, they called themselves the New Year's Gang as a nod to the failed attempt to bomb a nearby Badger ammunition plant um, that took place on New Year's Day. Yeah, New Year's Day of 1970. So. It's not going to shock you that this um, bombing plan of the munitions center did not work. So we did two school bombings back to back. <laughs> yeah. Yours was a little worse than mine, though. Yeah. A lot worse, probably. Yeah. Um, fortunately, only, we only lo- lose one life in mine because it was at Night. 3.42 in the morning. Yeah. Um, but so the reason the uh, Badger ammunition plant bombing didn't work was because their plan was to um, drop mayo jars full of explosives from an airplane onto the building. No, that just doesn't seem... um, I mean, I don't know who came up with that, but I hope he was kicked out of the gang because just that just doesn't even make sense. Right? I was like, mayo jars full of from an air okay you'd have to be really accurate with your throws yeah right and like you'd have to time them perfectly and like how much explosive could you really pack into a mayo jar they're not that big also like would you have to fly the plane low right there's so many questions and not any answers because it was like that doesn't make sense but so since uh that clearly didn't work um, the New Year's gang puts a stolen van full of 2,000 pounds of an ammonium nitrate fuel oil mixture outside of Sterling Hall. And one of my sources said it was actually six blocks away, but that doesn't really make sense. No, unless they blew up six blocks. Not, I mean, there was damage in tons of buildings. Um, let's see. I have it somewhere. Um... So there is approximately $6 million worth of damages done. So um, 
Oh, here it is. It says the bomb was so powerful that it blew out the glass of over a thousand windows in 26 buildings on campus. So, I mean, it wasn't like a small explosion, obviously, but I don't know how there could be that much damage if it was six blocks away without killing more people or... Also, if their target was the building, why would they park it six blocks away and just like hope that that it blew up the right building right and and that was weird too and like i've never been to madison but i'm assuming because like at bemidji the campus had like houses that were like right across the street from campus i mean madison's campus is literally in the middle of downtown madison so like there's homes and stuff around there right there's like or like buildings buildings and and okay it's literally the downtown it's like Lincoln. It's like okay, how the campus is literally in right downtown Lincoln. It's okay, like the same. I won't even compare it to U of M because U of M is like across the river. It's not even. Yeah, it's literally just like. It's like a part of in the, the city. middle of the city. Serious, buddy, stop. Okay, so I don't know how it could have been six blocks away and then then not like done more damage to other buildings and stuff. So, so I'm going to assume gonna, it was probably not six months Yeah, away. I'm going to as well. Um, so the bomb caused, like I said, $6 million, approximately $6 million in damage. It wounded three people and killed a man named Robert Fasknacht. F-A-S-S-N-A-C-H-T. What day of the week was this? Uh, I don't know what day of the week it was. Serious? Just, can you just... Yeah, he's just... Hey. I don't know what... Come here. Go here, mom. Come here. Um, I I don't have what day of the week it was, but it was an, it was um in August, so like it was campus right at the beginning. It was August twenty fourth, so that's like usually the beginning of the school year, your semester. Yeah. For most schools, this year mine was not that early. Mine was super late. Well, but I was just curious because like if it was like a Saturday or a Friday night, a lot of more a lot more people probably would have been like out and about on the streets than if it was like. A Tuesday a or, or something. Tuesday yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what day, unfortunately, and I, f- I don't know how to find that out quickly, <laughs> without going like. Oh, I mean, just give me the date, and I'll look. What it was talking? August twenty fourth, nineteen seventy. Um. So, the, the New Year's gang didn't mean to kill anyone. Their goal was literally just to like ruin the. Um, Army Math Center, um, but it was kind of a, a just a really bad timing that Robert was still in the building that night. It's a Monday. It was a Monday. Okay. So very bad timing. Yeah, um, and unfortunately, he was a postdoctoral student, and he left behind a wife and three young children. That sucks. I know. It's always so sad when like such a promising life is just you know like it's always sad when a life is cut short but like it was literally a freak accident you know just he was there wrong doing place, research and yeah kind of thing. And that's always just so sad to me plus like you feel safe in those buildings for the most part i mean it's a little different i would say these days just with the world and climate we live in but back then they didn't have the same like problems and issues that we have these days so you would feel pretty safe and comfortable and it's probably a place he spent like tons of time. So much time. Yeah. So 
It was probably just like a regular Monday night. For yeah, him. which is just so sad. Well, I guess it would be. Yeah, Monday night, Monday Tuesday night. morning. Unless it was August 24th at 3 a.m., then it would have been Sunday night to Monday morning. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Sunday night to Monday morning. You're right. Um, so the other victims that were injured in the bombing were Paul Quinn, David Schuster, and Norbert Sutler. Paul Quinn and Norbert Sutler um, only suffered minor injuries from the blast with just cuts and bruises. Um, but David Schuster, a South African grad student, was pretty seriously injured. He ended up becoming deaf completely in one ear and has partial hearing in the other. He suffered a broken shoulder, fractured rib, broken eardrum. So, Did they say where these people were when the blast went off? I don't think they were in the same building as um, Robert was, but it just said that they were doing research. Okay. Um, and then I was reading a, like an account from a student that was there at the time, and he said that like he didn't know anything had even happened, and he like biked up the next morning to the building, and there was like glass and everything everywhere. And so, well, because like think about how slow news would have traveled in the 70s. You don't have cell phones. You don't have internet. Like Yeah, but you would think like an explosion that big that damaged that many buildings would have been heard i mean it depends on where it is and how hard you sleep like we have severe thunderstorms and i don't hear it and everyone else is like did you hear that storm like there was a storm so i mean it depends on how hard you're sleeping or you know where where you were located or there's a lot of things but he said he didn't know he biked up and saw all of the glass and stuff everywhere and he, like, his, the window of his office that he was working in had been blown in. And all of his his research was, like, spilled everywhere. And there were, like, chemicals and things all over the the desk where he would have been working had he been there. And he's like, you know, I only lost a few weeks of research, but some people lost years. And I was like, oh, I didn't even think about that. Um, I'm assuming, like emergency services were called right away um i'm just kind of surprised he was able to like get that close i'm i'm curious if like because you know the bomb blew out so many buildings that like that was a pretty big blast radius so i'm assuming he wasn't like right next to the van i'm assuming he was in one of the further out buildings only just like let him go anyway i mean yeah i don't know yeah it is the 70s. <laughs> That's true. Um, so I also wonder if they're worried about like other bombs in the area or if they had to like do searches and stuff. Um, well, it did take three hours for David to be rescued from under the rubble. He was pulled out by he a firefighter. No, sorry, David. You said that. Oh, David was the one with the um, the ear, ear oh, hearing oh, loss oh, and the yeah. broken shoulder. Um, so he was buried in the rubble for three hours before firefighters dug him out. So I'm assuming he was fairly close. Um, and then, like I said, the bomb was so powerful that it blew the glass out of over a thousand windows in 26 different buildings on campus, which I didn't realize that it was such a big campus. I mean, it's a big 10 school. That's true. So, um, probably about, I mean, probably about the same size as the U of M. Okay. 
I just have never even, I don't think I've ever even been to that side of the state before. I mean, you have just when we're little. Yeah. Not when I would have been paying attention. Yeah. So, um, okay. So I just wanted to talk about the four guys that were in the New Year's gang. Um, Carl Armstrong was 23 at the time of the bombing and has been said that he was the master behind, behind everything. He had been admitted to UW-Madison in 1964, but dropped out for a couple of years. Wait, 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 wait. He was how old? At the time, 23. And he, this was in 1970? Yeah. And he got into school six years earlier? Apparently. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense at all. He would have been, I mean, well. No, he'd have been like 15, 16. No, he would have been 17. Okay, that does make so sense. So that does then. Yeah. make more sense. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so it just seems that seems it seems like a huge gap, gap right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. Anyway. So, anyways, he dropped out for a couple of years, did some odd jobs, and then decided to go back in 1967. Um, Carl was clearly against the Vietnam War because they targeted an army mathematics division. Right. Um. And, you know, that's not super surprising because, like, college campuses seemed to be one of the big places where a lot of people would protest against Vietnam. Um, After the bombing, Carl took off for Canada and was able to hide in Toronto until he was caught on February 16th, 1972. So he was there for about two years before they caught him. Do you know how they ended up, like, connecting the dots? I don't. Um, yeah, I don't I don't really know how they found him, but, I mean, one little slip up and everybody's looking for you anyways, so. No, but, like, do you know how they figured out it was them who oh, did the bombing? N- no, I don't. I don't know that either. Okay. Um, I don't know if there was, like, a signature or there, people had been talking or I don't know. Um, but it's it's, like, there's no question it was these guys. Um, and I do think they confessed after they were caught, but, um, Carl was sentenced to 23 years, but only ended up serving seven. After his release, he moved back to Madison and ran a juice cart called Loose Juice on Library Mall. So he like worked on the campus, Jesus, which is shocking to me. Yeah. Like you would think that the campus would be like, um, hell no. Also, I ran like the other guy did. What, no, this is the same guy. This is oh. Carl. This is after he served his prison oh, time. Oh, sorry. No, it's okay. I got confused for a second. Yeah. So Carl is the twenty-three-year-old, the mastermind. How long did he serve? Seven years of twenty of a twenty-three-year sentence. That's it. Yeah. For killing someone and wounding three others and, and causing on a bomb? six million dollars of damage and yeah. That doesn't seem. I know. Accurate. I know. It gets weirder. Well, I guess. Uh, no, I don't. I it guess just, it was because they didn't intend to kill anyone. So that's no, not yeah. like, that would be more manslaughter, I think, than. But still, it would also have been considered an act of domestic terrorism. That's true. Yeah. So it just is really shocking that, first of all, he only got 23 years. And then he only. And then um, only served he didn't even seven. Serve half. No. That, yeah. And he ran. That, so you'd think. I. It's just weird. That is weird. Um. And then in the t- early 2000s, he owned a sandwich shop called Radical Rye. 
Um, I don't know if he still owns the sandwich shop, but it does still exist on Ashford Lane in Madison. I need to look it up because there is a sandwich shop across the street from Haley's apartment. And I don't, it was some weird sandwich shop and I don't remember what it was called. The apartment that she doesn't live in anymore. <laughs> no. Just to be clear. Well, it says it's permanently closed. Is it? Okay. Um, I just searched to see if it still existed in the first place. Um, so the second person that we're going to talk about is Dwight Armstrong. He is Carl's younger brother. He was 19 at the time of the bombing. Um, Dwight also took off for Canada after the bombing and joined a commune in Toronto going by the name of Virgo. So he went to Canada too? Yep. Wait, was this the brother? This is the younger brother, yeah. Okay, so, so they must have just gone together. Yeah, and I just think it's funny that he, wanted, he went by the name Virgo. <laughs> like, that's Al's astrology sign. <laughs> so um, he leaves the commune, um, goes to Vancouver, then is tracked to San Francisco, where he connected with the SLA. Do you know who the SLA are? No. So they are the group that kidnapped and brainwashed Patty Hearst. Oh. So he connected with them, but it c- appeared that his connection to the group was not active when they kidnapped and brainwashed Patty Hearst. Okay. So it was like he was connected with them for a little bit, like a couple months, and then he took off again. Um, he returned to Toronto and was arrested on April 10th, 1977. So he was even out even longer. Yeah, seven years. Hmm. Not surprising. He pled guilty to the bombing and was seven sentenced to seven years, but only served three. Why would they not get this? Oh, because the other guy was the mastermind? Yeah. His older brother was like the one that kind of like put everything together, but he was definitely involved. That still doesn't make any sense. I know. I th- I was so surprised that these were such short. Short prison sentences. Yeah. Um, so after he gets out for his three years in 1987 he was arrested again for distribution of drugs and served 10 years mm. so that <laughs> kind of shows you how banana pants our justice system can be because he was literally a terrorist and he served less than half of the time that he did for distribution of drugs that's crazy right that just um so this guy clearly didn't turn his life around i mean he kind of did because after he was um released in 97 he moved back to madison wisconsin where he bought and ran radical rye with With his his brother brother. Mm -hmm. and then june 2010 dwight died from lung cancer oh i don't really feel bad (laughs) um i mean i don't know if you really have to you know he did some not great things in his life i mean uh, like you never want to celebrate the death of somebody but no like, and you know maybe they did they regretted what they did later it certainly seems like they did and they maybe they t- became better people in society i don't know but so i don't want to say like like he oh deserved good, but, it yeah. but like you know what i mean yeah we're not celebrating it but we're also not like oh what a tragedy yeah yeah, I got you. Like, I'm sure he had family, and I'm sure they were sad. Yeah. Um, 
Okay. So David Fine was the fourth or the third guy. Sorry. Um, he was the youngest of the four New Year's gang members at 18 when the bombing happened. He had met Leo Burt, the fourth person who we'll talk about in a second, while writing for the school's newspaper. We good still? Yeah, my oh. laptop just went dark. Okay, that made me nervous. <laughs> um, so David fled to San Rafael, California, where he was caught and arrested on January 7th, 1976. So he was on the run for the second longest. And he went to California. Yep, he went right out to California. Um, he was also sentenced to seven years, but again, only served three. Did they all serve in the same prison, I wonder? I have no idea. You would assume so. Maybe not. They separate a lot, like siblings sometimes. That's and true. I'm um, sure there's more than one like federal prison, prison in Wisconsin. Well, you'd think it'd be a federal because it was on a school uh um, state school campus. Yeah. So I would assume it was a federal, but I don't know for sure. Um, in 1987, David passed the bar exam in Oregon, but was denied entry to the bar due to fa- quote failing to show good moral character. Well, end quote. I mean, they're a- not wrong. Accurate. So. <laughs> He attempted to appeal the decision with the um, Oregon Supreme Court. And I don't know. Do you know if it's Oregon or? I think that's a debate um, anyone can have. Okay. Well. I think I say Oregon. So. Okay. I'm sure that's not right. We'll find out, I guess. (laughs) People are like, that's not how you say it. There's a reason why we're Midwest. (laughs) Because we know how to say all those states. Um, So, yeah, the Supreme Court in Oregon said No. And he did not get to become a lawyer. I mean, I have mixed feelings about this, too. Just because, like I said, like, 18 is so young. Yeah. And, like, you do, stu- like, really stupid shit at 18. You don't build to, bombs say, and blow <laughs> buildings up. Most people don't. You're correct. <laughs> but, like, maybe he was trying to, like, repent i don't know i mean he probably shouldn't be a lawyer he definitely has not a good moral compass yeah i could see him being a defense attorney yeah that's a hard job yeah um okay so do you know what he's doing i don't that was all i could find on him okay now here's the real interesting one leo burt and leo was 22 years old at the time of the bombing he knew David again from the newspaper and was the one who introduced David to Carl um, in the summer of 1970, so right before the bombing happened. Leo fled to Canada with Carl and is still at large really? as of August 2020. He's never been caught. That's interesting. So the FBI has a $150,000 reward still out for any information that leads to his capture. He's probably just living his best Canadian life. Yeah, that's that's what I think, too. I think he's just, like, somewhere old man. Doesn't look like what he, what the FBI thinks. Like, the FBI thinks that he's, like, still a real skinny man. The first thing I'm going to do is, gain weight. is either gain weight or lose as much as I can as fast as I can. Yeah. Like, that's the first thing I'm going to do. 
Um, for a while, he was on the FBI's top 10 most wanted. Do you know how old he would be at this point? Um, if he was 22 in 1970, 70-something? 70 um, I can look. Hold on. I'm the well, I'm just trying to do quick math. Yeah, you know me. 30. Quick math is not like... It would have been 30 years to 2000, so that would have made him 52. And then it's um another I'm, 20 years I'm since then, so it would have been 70... He would be like 73 or 74. I was looking up his um, FBI po- wanted poster, but it, yeah, it doesn't say. It just says that his when his birthday... And actually, they have two different birth dates because um, of an they found an alias that he was using. Oh. And so he he put April eighteenth, nineteen forty eight for his first one, and I think that's his real. And then April fifteenth of nineteen fifty, for his. What fake was ID. his alias? I'll tell you in a minute. Okay. Um. So he, as of now, he's no longer on the top ten most wanted. But he is number three hundred and thirteen. Wow, <laughs> he's really down there. Yeah, I'm. I am curious how many people are on the FBI's most wanted lists. Um, I wonder how many like people have been on it for fifty years. Yeah, that's that's a really long time. Yeah, I know there's some dudes that escaped from Alcatraz. Yeah, and they were on. They might still be on it. It might be closed now. Like, D. do B. they ever? Cooper might might still be on there. Like, do they ever take them off when they assume they are probably dead? I wonder. I don't know. That's a really good question. We need to we need to have an FBI friend. Yeah, literally. <laughs> so we can ask them all these questions. Um, so Leo has ties to New York City, Boston, and Peterborough, Ontario, and in 1970. Wait, that doesn't make sense. I wrote in August of 1970, but that was when the bombing happened. So that would have been really fast. You probably were just like. I did these really late last night. Well, not really late, like 1130. That's not really late for me. So. Um, And some of this, I will be honest, did come from Wikipedia. But at some point in the 70s. Um, Leo and David were nearly captured um, in Peterborough. Ontario um they escaped from their apartment and Leo left behind his wallet with the fake ID um and the name was Eugene Donald Fieldston so that was the alias he went by for a little while at least yeah so he's I mean he's clearly not using that anymore but no he's clearly using a different alias yeah he he would have to be dude that sucks he had to like literally he already had to reinvent his identity once and then having to do it again and that's why it doesn't make sense for it to be August of 1970 because that would be really fast to like have a new ID and that'd be literally like days eight days <laughs> yeah Six, seven eight days so that just seems really fast unless like that was his plan all along maybe we don't know because he still hasn't been caught I can't um, believe none of the other ones knew where he is well I mean what's the first thing if if I was involved in a crime a big crime like that the first thing I'd do is cut ties with anybody who was in it but they were in an apartment together yeah but then point. yeah but then they split off wasn't because leo was caught or not leo um david was caught in california right so and i mean honestly i don't know if i'd flip on on leo either because like if if they did know where he was they served three years like ooh. yeah i mean 
Yeah. You know, if it was like, we're going to give you life unless you tell us where he is. Well, at this point, maybe. he should have just turned himself in if he knew he was going to get three years. But maybe because he's been, he's been a fugitive for so long, he won't. Maybe. But I mean, if I would have like back then, if I would have seen, I probably would have just turned myself in. Like it's that seems better than like literally living your life on the run and like worrying about being caught all the time. All the time. Yeah. Like, think about how stressful that has to be. Very. and But that's assuming he's still alive. True. So um, on September 29th of 2007, Leo was featured on the TV show America's Most Wanted and was called the, quote, ghost of Wisconsin, end quote, which is such a badass name. Yeah, that is a cool nickname. Um, in 2010, the FBI received several tips about where Leo could be. The tips said he could be in Denver, Colorado, near St. Catharines, Ontario, or um, near Lakewood, Washington. So, I don't know. I I feel like he could definitely, definitely still be alive. I mean, yeah. People disappear for a really long time. But, I mean, the chances are he could also be dead, too. Especially with COVID. Yep. So, what do you think? Dead or alive? Alive. Yeah? Gut mm-hmm. feeling is alive? Yeah. Okay. I guess maybe we'll find out. Maybe we won't. Yeah. I'm going to think at this point, probably not. Yeah. You can't think anyone's actively looking for him. I mean. I feel like they have better like things to do. But in 2007, I mean, that's like, what, 14 years ago at this point? Like, 2010 was 11. So, like, they're definitely still looking and there's still a reward out. They're still getting tips. Yeah. I wouldn't say they're, they're probably still not. Yeah, they're not you like, know what I mean? like I don't think so. Yeah, like you. one guy's like assigned to the 313th most <laughs> wanted guy on their list. That would be hilarious. I just feel like that's kind of a waste of resource. Guys, you have uh Emily, you're welcome to the FBI. You are in yeah. charge of <laughs> like numbers. They, maybe they give them the really shitty 100 agents. to 110 on the FBI's most wanted list. Serious? Welcome to the FBI. You're in charge of numbers 111 through 120. I mean, maybe, who knows? Sirius would be an amazing FBI doc. No, he wouldn't. He's a little <laughs> baby. But that's that's the trick. He'd be like, "Hi, oh, I'm really cute and charming," and then they'd be like, "Oh, look at this dog." He'd be like, "Gotcha." On like the FBI, the planet post. Yes. <laughs> He's got you fooled, Em. Yeah. He goes out in the nighttime. He's like slowly drifting off to sleep. It's very cute. Okay, so that's my whole story. I just thought it was really interesting that there is a campus bombing, and I. Never I'd never really heard of it. Yeah, I wonder if Haley's heard of it. Yeah, you should ask her. No, I'm not going to ask her. I'll just text her after the episode comes out. Which is two weeks, right? Week and a half. Week and a half. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, so my sources were uwalumni.com slash news. Um, on was just like on their alumni page. Like. <laughs> yeah. Um, on wisconsin.uwalumni.com. Another one? Mm-hmm. Um, Wikipedia, FBI.gov, and then I did a Wikipedia article about just, just about Leo Burt. So. Cool. Well, if you guys know where he is, <laughs> let us know. And, we have uh, Canadian listeners. I think so. I think we have a handful. Yeah. Do you want me to just No, it's okay. Okay. I can tell you after. If you're a Canadian listener and you know anything. Just, you know, just let us know. I mean, he could not even be in Canada at That's this true. point. That's very true. Like, I mean, 
there have been tips from the Pacific Northwest. There have been tips from New York. There have been tips from... Would you stay in one place or would you move around? Um, That's a good question because I, I feel like when finding a job with a fake ID cannot be super easy. So I would like, just be like scared every time I tried. Yeah, right? You Do Canadians have like social security numbers? They have to have some sort Something of a like personal identity. identification number. But then again, if you're coming from the United States, you'd have to have, well, not necessarily, I guess. I guess I don't know enough about <laughs> being a fugitive. <laughs> being well. a fugitive and Canadian and um, relocating to Canada as an American. Yeah. I don't either. So um, our stats don't mention Canada, but we do have a unknown Oh, so <laughs> so maybe <laughs> most of them are u.s maybe it's leo yeah oh my god that'd be so funny <laughs> he's like that's me he's like Shit. hey so leo if you're listening you want to write in we will not turn mm-hmm. you in honestly leo i could do a lot of things with 150,000. so do with that information <laughs> what you will you know leo i won't tell where you are i lie <laughs> yeah and I'm also not splitting the reward. <gasps> Bitch. That's okay. my story. 80-20. Uh, no. I'll take you to court. 50-50. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> That's still way more money than either of us have. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. Socials. Um, do you want to do them or do you want me to? Doesn't matter. Okay. So our socials are MW Madness Podcast on Instagram, Midwest Madness Podcast Group on Facebook, and MW Madness at gmail.com. Oh, wait, no. MW Madness Podcast at gmail.com. Sorry. Cool. All right, guys. Um, have a great week, and the next episode will be Thanksgiving week. So That's holy crap. That happened fast. I know. It's crazy. It is crazy. All right. We'll see you later. Yep. Bye.